<laughs> I see you talking smack in the chat, chat. Hotep Jesus, we back. Back with another video for my old time people. Super excited today. Got a great show for you tonight. Great conversation. Um, as you already know, I'm an author, tech startup co-founder, all my companies you can find right at the bottom of the screen. You can also find them, the links to those in the description box. I'm in AI, I'm in Bitcoin, I'm in uh, iPhone apps. We gets busy over here. Uh, this is another uncomfortable conversation. These conversations will be available in audio format on soundcloud.com slash Hotep Jesus. Shout out to Chad already with the super chat. He says, so pumped for this. I remember the old sports reporters in Rome and burning days. Great meeting of the minds. Hotep, gentlemen. Hotep, homie. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce to y'all my guest, the one and only, the infamous Jason Whitlock. What's up, bro? How you feeling? Very good. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Great to have you. Thank you very much for uh, taking this conversation with me today. Um. A lot of people call me a cone. They call you a cone. So tonight I'm hoping to be cone-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we went yeah. live, yeah. Uh, you asked me, you said, you know, you wanted to know what Hotep was. So, yeah, I, kinda... I, I, I really do just because people started throwing that label at me a couple of two or three years ago. And I, I don't know the history of Hotep, where it came from, any of that. And I would love to be educated. Absolutely. And I love to be the one to educate you. Um, so I think first and foremost, let me just put this out there as uh, a primary source that you should go to to find out all of the great things about ancient Egypt, a.k.a. ancient Kemet. You got to speak to Shaka Akmos. Shaka Akmos is the foremost authority on that in the world. Uh, one of my big bros. Um, but Hotep basically at its at its root meaning, it means peace or to be at peace or to be at rest or satisfaction, as Shaka Akmos has taught me, it means to be satisfied, to have satisfaction, a feeling of satisfaction. But um, it evolved into like a greeting. So, you know, like black people, we say peace or whatever. Instead, we were saying like Hotep as a greeting. So this is like the conscious community. Maybe there's some blend with black nationalism there, some blend with the NOI, you know, some of that stuff. Definitely different from your typical black uh, liberal Christian types, right? So that other side of the black community, that Harlem 125th Street, that that uh, John Henry Clark, Dr. Ben swag. So that's what um, that's kind of like where it all starts, right? And then what happened was 2015, Mike Brown got shot. We started presenting our solutions and then Hotep became a pejorative. And, and that's how you were met with it, whereas Hotep being turned into a pejorative. Mm. And that's where we are now. How so, long has the label been around or the designation? Ooh. I mean, I would probably say at least, I could be wrong, but 70s, 80s, people were using it as a greeting. Gotcha. Nobody used it as a noun. It was more like a greeting, right? Gotcha. And then the pejorative came along and it became a noun. So that's what me and my team grabbed it and was like, now I'm not going to ruin the ancestors speak. Well, I'm going to show you what Hotep is. So we call ourselves Hoteps and took it on as a brand and exalted it. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. And um, so, yeah, that's that's the. What was y'all's Michael Brown solutions that everyone found offensive? Mostly like black economics, right? Like, yeah. like keep the money circling in the community. Um, you know, what's funny was I told people, I said, yo, we should boycott the NFL. That's what I said, 2015. I said, we should boycott the NFL. I said, burn your Nikes, right? And like and, that. You like that? Okay. <laughs> the NFL, I mean, look, what industry has created more black male millionaires than the NFL? None. Please don't say hip hop, not even close, not even in the same ballpark. None. NBA, not in the same ballpark. They, but how many of them are keeping that money after? Not on the NFL. That's on us. You're right. <laughs> you're right. On us. So. You, you, yeah, I mean, you, hold on one second. Let me just, I just got to uh, text my daughter here. Turn here to 69. And I'm about to give you my full attention for the duration. How much time we got tonight with you? Oh, I got a good hour. Right okay. Seven oh eight. All right, let's do a good hour. Yeah. Um, see, I, I don't want to take too much time debating that topic. Yeah. But you know, I just saw. I just saw. Here's some facts: the media relies on the NFL. TV shows rely on the NFL for advertising because it's one of the most watched, yeah. viewed things on TV. So I said, if we want to disrupt this entire system, let's just divest from. So what's the goal of what's the agenda with disrupting the entire system? Why do we do we need to disrupt the entire system? No. So, yeah, I, I don't see that as a goal. I think we need to learn the system and learn how to operate within the system to make it work for us. That's yes. What my father did. That's what Booker T. Washington did. That's yeah. what I believe. In. And that's why, like, when I started looking into Hotep, and although I didn't fully understand it, it's like, that mentality I can relate to in terms of like, no, no, man, cast your bucket down, build you a business, build you a reality that makes you comfortable and that you have power and control in. Uh, that's what my father did. He never left the black community. Mm. To socialize, mm. to his business, build a brand new home in the hood, the whole nine. Uh, you know, he built him a little black world that he was very comfortable in. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. You know, I teach my kids how to work within a system, how to work the system. System is very easily to manipulate to your own benefit. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I personally have divested from watching all sports. I don't watch any sports anymore. Um, and I used to be an avid sports viewer. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I think the, the the real motivation for me was the fact that these owners don't care if their teams win or lose. These owners just care about selling tickets. And if wins get tickets, then that helps. And they're happy. But you got some owners own more than one team. It's actually the NFL is one big club. You know, they all kind of like own the whole thing together. So there's a lot of conflict of interest there. And I'm like, ah, why should I care about a team winning if the actual owner don't care? Am I wrong in that? Maybe a little bit. I just look, man, I sports lifted me up, out, up and out. And, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to give up on it. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And it's 
certainly benefited my life. I wasn't going to college without football, period, end of story. Right. I, I never took school all that seriously uh, until my last year of college. So, uh, you know, I, I have a passion and a love and reverence for sports that's hard to diminish, although it is getting diminished because I'm looking at these athletes that are making millions of dollars and all that transfer of money to them is actually increasing their power, and I wish they knew how to use that power and how to organize amongst themselves. Because they still just talk about begging, you know, just still, oh, the ownership, they need to flex their muscle and do X, Y, and Z. Man, some of them ownership people are like, man, you know, I started with $5 in my pocket mm. and turned it into billions. You sitting here with millions in your pocket, turn it into billions, and then you flex your muscle. Yeah. As millionaires flex your muscles. So, uh. yeah, I, you know, I, I never even put it on the players. You know, even when I was talking about boycotting the NFL, I was like, I'm not putting on the players. They're getting paid. They got a job to do. Let them boys go out there and get paid. I was talking about more for the people. Right. But I like I like your statement. Right. You're saying that the NFL created more black millionaires than anything else out there. Male, like, black male millionaires. OK, black male millionaires. Yeah. And, and the NFL is the and again it's probably most black millionaires period but anything that supports black men uh and particularly masculine men i'm in support of so you believe that we should just take those millions and and yeah. start building absolutely that that, that that's a tr transfer of wealth uh to some young african-american men they need to cobble their resources together. It's like, we celebrate Jay-Z. What a businessman. He's a businessman. And no one else wants to be a businessman. I mean, it's like Jay-Z can do it, but uh, Michael Thomas, the wide receiver for the Saints, he can't do it. Why? He can, is my point. It's like if Jay-Z can do it, hustling nickel bags and whatever else he exaggerates in his rap song, <laughs> How come Michael Thomas, who's 24, 25, just signed a $100 million contract, he can't become a businessman or he can't connect with people that can show him how to build a business that benefits people that look like him? Every other ethnic group does this and has done this. We keep refusing. We keep showing up in cities. That, oh, they got a Koreatown. Oh, they got a little Italy. Oh, they got... Chinatown. Oh, they got this. <laughs> we have ghettos. <laughs> nobody shows, nobody comes up and says, oh, they got a black town over here where it's really popping and they got businesses and they all support each other and that's our hub. We have ghettos. Uh. And we try to escape from them rather than build something there. And again, the reason why it's authentic to me is just because my father cast down his bucket in one of them ghettos and tried to build something. I respect that. What's stopping these players from 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 putting their money together and white liberals, white, white liberals. liberals. That's their masters. That's that's who they spend their life trying to please. Like a lot of black people, mm. uh, the comfort again is like it's comical. We are the alleged house Negroes, uh, and the only house I've ever been in is my own. I see these guys curled up, snuggled up with every white liberal in the world and trying to please them and trying to 
make everybody the, the white liberal is their master and it's who they worship and it's their political ideology that they think best serves us mm. uh, I, I you know disagree with that and and you know if, if it's not about standing on your own two feet if somebody's not teaching you how to fish if somebody's giving you fish mm. they're really uh entrapping you into mm. dependence on them somebody comes and say hey man here's a little fishing pole here's some string here's a lure go out and fend for yourself and and don't come crying to me if you are hungry mm. Go, go work that pole I just gave you. <laughs> that's a person that's actually looking out for you. Mm -hmm. That's a person that's like, man, do what I did. You're capable of it. Mm. Instead of this, this, because long before all of this politics came into sports, you can ask anybody in my family, young kids in my family, nieces, nephews, cousins that I've always tried to help. My number one saying is pity don't pay no bills. Mm. And I'm looking at Negroes right now, man. They think pity is the black American Express card. And it's going to pay every bill in the world. And it's it's a joke to me. If we could just get... that's what I'm, And look, man, I want to be careful because Kirk Herbstreet's a friend of mine. And okay. I like and respect Kirk Herbstreet. I don't know if you saw it, but last week he cried on TV and black people lost their minds. Oh, my God! Kirk Herbstreet! I mean, black people were speaking in tongues, called the Holy Ghost, everything. Kirk Herbstreit cried on TV. Look what at America. He, why is he crying? <laughs> Over social unrest, social justice, allegedly in support of Jacob Blake and George Floyd uh, and all that. Okay. And black people just thought, oh. That was one of the greatest moments. I, I People actually tweeted out, it's one of the greatest, most powerful moments in the history of college game day on ESPN. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's like that white pity, man, is, is white pity is, I guess what I, can I speak profanely on this show? Yes, you can. Oh, you know, it's what so white pity is what some of us consider what, uh, yeah, I got a way to say it. It's, <laughs> it's WAP. To, uh, <laughs> to some of these people, <laughs> it ain't to me. I prefer WAP over white pity. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Y'all got to tweet that out. Did you hear what that man just said? <laughs> he said white pity is equivalent to WAP. To a lot oh. I'm just telling you, man. That's that's an accurate analogy. Def Jules, Hotep, he said, uh, always good and honest discussion on the side. Yes, sir. Hi, Bird, 499, Super Chat. Say, hey, love the show. Hey, Whitlock, really opened my eyes to China's influence on the NBA and the connection it has to Nike. Thanks. Um, true offense. Why is it that when, black, when the black man gives you solutions, you are the most hated? The white liberal tells you how many problems you had and you have and he's loved. Yeah, that's so true. All right, so you, you mentioned Jay-Z, right? Yeah. Now, let me tell you my opinion on the Jay-Z move into the NFL thing, and then you could tell me what's really going on here because you got the inside track. I see Jay-Z being an opportunist, and I fucking love it because everybody's crying about what the owners should do, the NFL should do, and it's like, like you said, they all have the you know, the ball in their court, so to speak. And Jay-Z came along and got a bag out of it. 
Now you tell me, am I am I accurate in my assessment? And and what is Jay Z really doing with this programming in the NFL? Well, at this point, I'm not sure if he's doing much of anything because the whole thing got disrupted by George Floyd. And that has because look what white people do. And I'm going to attribute this to my man, Curtis Schoon. Uh, He likes to talk about Negro Wranglers. Okay. And, you know, it's a <laughs> polite way of saying overseers. Yep. But there are selected. We used, the number one Negro Wranglers used to be black ministers in the church. Yes. It was, it was their job to lead black people to the political polls and to control black people and blah, blah, blah. And, and to trust me, that's a better system than what we have now today. Because now rappers and basketball players and football players, they're the Negro Wranglers today. And they, you know, a minister would try to hit you with scripture, a little bit of logic, a little bit of hope to wrangle you, blah, blah, blah. And celebrities and athletes and rappers try to, with all they want to hit you, worship. Worship me, Mm. follow me. And mm. so that's why LeBron James is very comfortable calling himself a king. Mm. That's why Jay-Z in his songs is comfortable calling himself a god. That's how these guys see themselves. And I and and again, I don't know where hoteps fall on the religious spectrum, but I'm very suspicious of people uh who aren't humble enough to recognize they are not the most high. Mm. When you start worshiping man and think of man as the most high, mm-hmm. to me, that's a dangerous person. Again, I, and I, I don't have a bias against atheist people. They're free to think and do whatever they want. This is America. I don't have all the answers. But I do just people that don't believe in a higher power tend to have egos that are out of control. And I know I'm someone that people think, oh, Whitlock's got a massive ego. But but, uh, I have confidence because of my submission to the Most High and the humility that comes over me that I'm not in control of this. There's just a few little things I can do. But anyway, I I just, Jay-Z is a Negro wrangler and it's very hard to, wrangle Negroes right now, uh, particularly with Jay-Z was going to try to be a mature one. And, uh, you know, he came out and said the time for kneeling is over mm-hmm. or has passed. And then George Floyd reinstituted kneeling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, again, the NFL just kicked off last night mm-hmm. and there was no conversation about Jay-Z. There was no conversation. They had, I think, Alicia Keys may have sang the national anthem or sang something, mm-hmm. uh, and other people were involved. No one was crediting that to Jay-Z or his influence. Jay-Z was brought into Negro Wrangle. Uh, to pacify? Now, to kind of pacify? I, I, I don't know if pacify. He was, brought in, he was brought in to calm them down and to get the athletes to focus on business. And this mm-hmm. is where I say... 
he may have had some impact, but it's all behind the scenes now. It's not out front, which had tip to Jay-Z. Because when I look at the players, the you know, the Miami Dolphins, again, you're not paying attention, but the Miami Dolphins came out with a statement last night mm-hmm. that on Sunday. They're just not coming out for the either anthem, the Black National Anthem, the National Anthem. They said, they said clearly the time for gestures is over. We're mm-hmm. tired of these gestures. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like, oh, man, I wonder if Jay-Z is in their ear. Mm-hmm. Because that's consistent with what Jay-Z said when he came through the front door. And then mm-hmm. I saw the Houston Texans who played in that game last night against the Chiefs. They didn't come out for either national anthem and mm-hmm. also came out and said, uh, we we tired of the gesture thing. The Chiefs stood for the but, – but so I think – the NFL, and I think a lot of people were surprised by it. one. The Chiefs stood for the national anthem, except for one Chiefs player who's had a bunch of arrests, and so he don't like the cops. And so we'll okay, you don't like the police, you done done some dumb shit, you've been arrested. We'll look the other way. And then the Houston Texans just didn't participate, and so that was quite a curveball and puts the NBA out on an island. And you know, dude, I'm glad we're having this discussion because I can get a column out of this. Because mm. I think what we're looking at yeah. is the difference between LeBron James and Jay-Z. Mm. LeBron James is the NBA's Negro Wrangler. Okay. Jay-Z is the Negro Wrangler for the NFL. Mm. Everybody in the NBA is taking a knee. Mm. LeBron James, he's he's wrangled all the Negroes into doing that. Over in the NFL, they seem to be going a little different direction. It's mm. not as, you know, because I think everybody expected them to take a knee and do everything, and it was kind of, it was far more subdued. And so, hell, maybe Jay-Z's wrangling Negroes better than I thought. But <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you agree with Jay-Z that the gestures need to go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If Penny don't pay no bills, gestures sure as hell don't. And all these, again, this is what I'm just saying about, and I want to be crystal clear. Don't nobody take me out of context. Kirk Herbstreet's a friend of mine. I like Kirk Herbstreet. I respect him. I get what he was doing. But, but you know, that was the crying on TV. That's a gesture. And, and, and I'm telling you, Negroes caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> me? I'm just like, come on now. I mean, that, with, trust me, when my, on the first, when it's time to pay this rent, that that those tears aren't gonna cover none of them bills. They're not gonna put your kids through college. They when when Shaniqua goes and applies for a job, the boss ain't gonna. Oh, I saw Kirk Herbstreit crying on TV. Let me give you this job, Shaniqua. Uh, that's not happening. That's just not happening. What what about what about the dude that walked off the set with Shaq and the other guy, Kenny oh, Smith? Kenny Smith. Yeah. Let me another gesture. Clear. Oh, come on, but yes. Let me be crystal. I love Kenny Smith. I love the in, inside the NBA TNT crew. But this is what this as black people, man. There's no other ethnic group that would allow their most successful, high-profile, well-paid people to get away with the shit we're allowing these celebrities to get away with. Mm. Gestures. Mm. I'm walk off the set of TNT. I ain't gonna talk no more. That'll show them. I mean, <laughs> I'm about to do a spoof video, uh, Hotel. Uh-oh. That I can't call you Jesus, man. I'm, I'm a Christian. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Hotel. That 
I'm about to do a video that, that's a spoof about what do these athletes think happens when a racist white person sees them taking a knee during the national anthem, sees them with Breonna Taylor's name on the back of their helmet. And so I'm going to show like a white guy uh, who comes home, takes off his KKK hood, plops down on his couch with a Michelob and some Kentucky fried chicken, and he's ready to watch football. Then he hears the national anthem and sees these signs, and you turn back to him, and now he's got a Kango on his head. <laughs> he got a Kaepernick jersey on. He got some Popeye's chicken out in front of him. A bottle of Hennessy, and he got a black woman next to him twerking that big fat, <laughs> shaking that wop like uh, Cardi B, and and go, damn! He heard the national anthem and saw. That's what these dudes think these gestures and slogans and symbols do. That yeah. they convert. It's like a baptism, you know. Really? That they dunk their water. Next thing you know, the, the hillbilly white boy pops up. It's like, <laughs> what's up, my nigga? <laughs> Yo, shout out to I my homie. I'm sorry for saying that. I hate <laughs> now I'm caught on video saying that. Damn. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> shout yeah. out to my homie Cooley Bravo. He made this joke. NBA was talking like, oh, the owners need to do more. And Cooley Bravo said, what are they gonna do? Make the Black Lives Matter sign font a little bit bigger? <laughs> like, like these things are supposed to like change something. Like, yeah. like I don't get what how owners are supposed to be responsible for the black community. Like, like, like owners are supposed to be responsible for what police officers do, right? It, it, there's no correlation here whatsoever. It's no, no. I, I think it's a total misunderstanding. Uh, and this is look. I used to be an athlete, and I didn't pay all that much attention in class. And that's what I see with a lot of these athletes. Like, damn, y'all fell asleep all through government and social studies and everything <laughs> y'all have no idea how this system works uh. that because again they lebron's out there vote you gotta vote vote or die vote yeah. or die we gotta put democrats in office to save us and i'm like negro have you looked every one <laughs> of these cities where they dropping bodies is is what's her name Lori lightfoot <laughs> all these other people they in control <laughs> Who you gonna put in there? <laughs> well, if they just get more liberal, <laughs> you can't get much more liberal than than Lightfoot. I mean, my God, <laughs> she married a white woman the whole nine. I mean, how much more liberal can you get? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Damn, she married a white woman. Oh, why did they always seem to marry white people and then be so pro black? The most pro black people always be in bed white. It's a cover up, man. It's a cover up. People uh. ain't comfortable with what they're doing. And so they, they go over the top the other way and don't talk about my white wife. <laughs> See how black I am. Dude, I can name names on it because I've worked with some of these dudes that there's a very prominent broadcaster I used to work with that been friends with for a long time when he was an NFL player the whole nine. He had a running joke. If you ever catch a white woman, I mean, a black woman on my elbow, I'm holding her for the police. That was his <laughs> joke. And now he sits on TV as the blackest person in America, and the shit cracks me up. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> me, me, me and that man share a last name. So I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, so, so everybody knows my legal name is Brian Sharp. 
S H A R P E. So I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, let's let's rewind a little bit. We talked yeah. about Chiefs, right? Chiefs booing. Uh, the Chiefs fans are booing. We know for a fact they were booing the ceremony. Was that what that? The, I think, and I wrote today that on the jumbotron at the beginning of that ceremony, it said. We believe all uh, we believe Black Lives Matters or something like that. It's a big Black Lives Matters on the jumbotron at both end zones. Black Lives Matters, whether these people like it or not, it's toxic and divisive. White people hate it. BLM to white people is the same as KKK to black people. If mm. they had scrolled KKK up across that jumbotron, black people would have booed. Mm. You scroll Black Lives Matter across there, white people are gonna boo. And you can sit there and say, and I wrote today uh, <laughs> that oh, well, well, Black Lives Matter is peaceful 93% of the time. <laughs> you know, they came out with a stat 93% of the time, Black Lives Matter protest. Well, you know that like 90% of Klan rallies are peaceful too. <laughs> I mean, so it don't take a lot to dirty up your reputation. Again, it ain't like every time a KKK member saw a black person, uh, they got killed. You know, 95% of the time, a KKK guy is nonviolent and peaceful. Uh. But it's that other 5%, it's that 7% that establishes your reputation. And white people have watched the looting, rioting, the, the violence, the harassment, people uh. all up in your face screaming and yelling, uh, megaphones and all that. And that's what BLM represents to them. Mm. So, mm. Uh, well, well, that's what, why I think they boo. Well, what about the nuance to the conversation of Black Lives Matter? The fact that the majority of people in these streets, trashing cities, are Caucasian, they are European, they are whites. And also, what about the nuance of them actually not being Black Lives Matter, but being Antifa under the cloak of Black Lives Matter? And that's why, as Black people, and as bl I'm, I'm gonna speak directly here to black men. Okay. And and maybe you know, I don't want to be offended to any of these. Offend know, everybody. Most of my friends are black men that play football, basketball with me, or whatever. But uh, there's a way I handle my credit cards. I control them. Mm. I don't lend nobody my credit card. Mm. I wouldn't lend my mama my credit card. <laughs> I'm not going to let somebody else charge up a bunch of shit on my credit. Mm. And if we as black men continue to let these white folks, these Antifa white folks run around on a black credit card under the pretense of we helping black people, we, we're letting them run around on our credit card, mm. make a bunch of charges that we are going to have to pay for. Mm. That's a mistake. And it speaks to a level of cowardice within us, a level of femininity within us that needs to be eliminated. I'm sorry, that's mm. just the way I feel about it. And so uh, the whole, I, I'm very much aware, I see the white folks gassing up uh, and one, doing a lot of dirt and then gassing up a handful of idiot Negroes to go out here and do the dirt with them. Right. But, and so it's anarchy and it's, all, it's all under the pretense of us. Right. And, and it ain't us. We know damn what this Antifa, uh, the, the George Soros and all the stuff he's financing. That ain't got a damn thing to do with us. Mm. And we need to have the balls because 
hotel, I'm going to tell you the conversation I keep having with my friends. Now everybody wants to say it's very popular. I don't know what your black friends are telling you, but they all want to tell me now, look, I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization, mm. but I do support Black Lives Matter. Mm. And I'm like, oh, so you love the fruit, but you disavow the tree. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh. that's and and look, I got I got a lot of friends that you know, and again, I look at a lot of these dudes married to. Trust me, anybody that knows me know I ain't got no problem with interracial dating. No problem at all. I'm not a hypocrite. But don't sit here if you married to, snuggled up with, at home with a white woman, white man or whatever. You love the fruit, but now you want to get on TV or go out to these protests and talk bad about the tree. Doesn't add up. Mm, mm. When did you become hip to, you know, Black Lives Matter being this socialist Marxist movement? Uh, early on, okay. early on, uh, I, 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 socialist Marxist, maybe three, four years ago, what okay. I knew from the beginning was this ain't us. Mm. So what I knew from the beginning, and I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, uh, I don't want to get crossways with anybody, but it's a socialist Marxist movement who's also, if I, I'd put one other uh, characteristic about Black Lives Matter, it's very concerned with gay rights. Mm. And, uh, and again, you know, po- the founders are, are lesbians. Right. Friends, whatever your sexual lifestyle is your sexual lifestyle. I'm heterosexual. I have a right to stand up for mine choice of sexuality and <laughs> want to promote things that benefit my sexuality not at the expense of anyone else's but i was from the outset i was telling people like hey this ain't really about us i was mostly talking to black men because i'm a black man and i'm heterosexual just trying to tell all my friends I, I don't think we're the real agenda here mm. and 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 then as I got deeper into it and and started researching and you know the, the way they love to toss around the word comrade and just the whole culture around Black Lives Matter, socialist Marxist and uh, not an agenda that really has anything to do with black men. Yeah, I saw that very beginning from the very beginning, just like you did. I was like. I went straight to the website, right? And I was like, all right, let me read what this is all about. And I read it and I'm like, wait, they removed black men from, you know, under villages that said mothers, parents, children. And I'm like, yeah. how you just skip over dad like that, right? You can't make so, kids without a penis, man. I, I haven't seen it done. Right. <laughs> so, so I recognized early and I put out a video. I said Black Lives Matter is an LGBT organization and that's fine, but we don't need to be pretending like this is for black folks. And that's kind of like how the Hotep thing really yeah. got propelled, right? Because they're like, oh, you guys are Hoteps, you're jealous, da da da. And I'm like, ah, no, nah, I ain't jealous. And then Colin Kaepernick came along and he did the knee thing. And you know my stance, like, I'm like all for the boycott of the nfl right and he did the knee thing and i didn't like it i didn't like it because i knew it was 
a gesture, as you would say, right? So then you came out with your skit on Colin Kaepernick, right? But let me tell you something. I wanted to come out with my skit. It was taped. It was ready to go. They never aired it. But the thing was one of the funniest things that's ever been done. I mean, it was incredible. It was Chappelle-like, but go ahead. Yeah. I may, re I may redo that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be relevant again. So how do you feel about the fact that they've included him in, in the new Madden? <laughs> it said, hey, you know, if you want to add him to your roster, you can go ahead and take him over free agency. At what point, at what point, at any time during his career, was he better than Cam Newton? Mm. But now on Madden, he pops up and he's three years out of the league and he's better than Cam Newton. Mm. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. He's, I mean, <sighs> it, <laughs> man, when they pin you in pity, man, that means they don't respect you. I'm just telling you, mm. pity is, is people don't understand the difference in emotion. Hate is inspired by fear and competition. Okay. Sympathy is inspired by a belief of inferiority. Mm. And so, again, when you really understand those emotions and what triggers them, that's where it's like the reason why people are lathering you up with sympathy and pity is because they think you're inferior. Mm. When they hit you with that hate, it's like, oh, you're a threat. I respect mm -hmm. you. You're a threat. I dislike you. Mm -hmm. And so we just running around here. Oh, my God, please hit me with some pity. Hit me with some sympathy. And, and look, it might be an indication that we think we're inferior. Mm -hmm. And then they look crazy at me, you, Curtis Goon, a bunch of other folks like, man, I <laughs> I'm inferior to the most high, mm -hmm. but everybody else. Let's duke it out. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I, I thought Colin tried to make it about himself. And that's what I didn't like. You know, when he I saw him posed up in GQ magazine as a Black Panther. I was like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Black Panther. Really? You going to let them dress you up like that? Like me? I'm Hotep. I'm all about that life. I would never let GQ dress me up as a Black Panther, unless I had real Black Panthers with me. Like, no, why don't y'all get some real Black dudes in here? It was just him and the kids. He got his fist up. He ain't wore no Afro before he got benched, right? Look, man, I, I, and I'll just. And then and then and he I, did the whole Toby I, thing, right? He called himself Toby. Kilt Kilt I, I love Kilt -Kilt. you guys that, again, if you're going to be out there and be this, I'm the pro back leader. I want you to live that life 24 seven. I really right. do. And so Malcolm X, if he had gone home to Becky Shabazz rather than Betty Shabazz, I'd be like, hey, this is inconsistent. I yeah. see you out here on stage for three or four hours a day and it's a hundred percent black. You go home and the mother 20, 21 hours, it's, it's it, it, and I have no problem with whatever floats people, turns them on. I, I have zero problem with it. Mm. But choices have consequences. Mm. All choices have consequences. And consequences aren't negative, but mm. you got to accept those consequences. And to me, you cannot be a militant black leader 
if when you go home, your wife is from Egypt or w- whatever uh, Nest Nitty Yoko Ono is, uh, you know, it, he needs to be with, uh, I, I don't know, Sister Soda, Whoopi Goldberg, somebody, uh, <laughs> you know, and then it'll have some authenticity to me, but it just, it just doesn't. It, yeah. it, it and I'm just keeping it real. And that's what, you know, you'll never see me out there as this super militant black leader mm-hmm. because, um, unless it's a 24-7 thing. I'm right. single for a reason, you know. And, you know, I've made some dating choices that, you know, eliminate me from being Malcolm X. Period. Hey, you know, <laughs> I, I got to appreciate the honesty yeah. and, and, and the rawness. I'm going to get some super chats real fast when we get back to this. P from around the way said, white ass pity. That's what WAP stands for. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, the Mr. W Network, he said, lacks of doxology leads to idolatry. Mm, powerful. Yeah. Uh, the Advil Comedian Podcast, appreciate you. Biggest Mikey, what up, homie? He said, here's the flip side, though, HJJW. Uh, some brothers want to be led. There's a security in not having to do anything or real legwork on your own. Yes, yes, absolutely. Nerd Nash, yeah, up, nerd? let me respond to that though. I don't have a problem with people that are followers. The greatest sign of a leader, a lot of times, is his willingness to follow. Mm. Uh, this is my problem: is we got a bunch of followers trying to be leaders, mm. and are people that's not qualified to be leaders. And 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 or their ego won't allow them to follow or support a real leader. It's like, I think LeBron James's heart probably is in a good place, okay, but his head's not there. Mm. And if if he he shouldn't be trying to be any kind of political spokesman. If people really understood Muhammad Ali, he was not a spokesman. He was a puppet of the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X. And that was a great role for Muhammad Ali. He was a boxer. He's not an intellectual. He wasn't Elijah or Malcolm. And so he took the programming from them and represented their point of view. And that lifted him to a place of prominence. And and that was great. I, I just, who, Bill, who is, who's the puppet master behind LeBron James? Are they great intellects? Are they even black? Mm-hmm. To me, it looks like it's Phil Knight. And I don't think Phil Knight at Nike that he's not Elijah Muhammad. He's not Malcolm X. You think Phil Knight might be implicated in pulling the strings of LeBron James? Not ever. Completely pulling the strings. Yes. He is the man behind the curtain. As well he should be. He paid the cost to be the boss. He gave this dude a billion dollar contract. Yeah. That that's why I, it's so obvious what LeBron is doing. And I respect it. If I if Phil Knight paid me a billion dollars, I'd be out there doing all the same shit LeBron's doing. <laughs> I really would. Let's keep it. We all would. But let's don't pretend like Phil Knight's not calling the plays. How does Phil Knight benefit? How does he benefit? Mm-hmm. Go look at Nike and their relationship with China mm-hmm. and how dependent they are on get, making sure they're good in that China market, making sure they can get slave, mark, uh, slave labor out of Asia. And then go look at Nike and how Nike's agenda in China conflicts with Trump's agenda globally and particularly with China. Go look at the America First agenda about bringing manufacturing home 
not being so dependent on Asian slave labor. Yeah. And so Phil Knight and Nike benefit because that's a global country with a global agenda. And there's an isolationist president in office that wants to bring things back to America. It's it's as simple as that. This is just and, and LeBron James and Colin Kaepernick are paid to smear Donald Trump is racist mm. and smear America is racist because that serves the interest of China and Nike's relationship with China. It's very simple. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, so we know uh, Nike's in bed with China. You know, I did that. Like I said, when I was on my boycott Nike thing, um, I was well aware of that. So I guess that speaks to why they're so silent about the injustices happening in China which are quite similar to the ones that are happening in America. That there's no, 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 Don't even say quite similar. Trust me. I, I, I paid a bunch of money to get a black ball state football player out of prison in China. And the, the, the BS they had him caught up on, these black people over here bitching and complaining about America, I'd love for them to go to China and see what kind of ass kicking they get. <laughs> to see if it takes wrestling with pulling a taser and shooting at them to get one of them Chinese police to go upside their head. Uh, it, it wouldn't take all that. You raise an eyebrow and they're going to let you know whose country you in and where you stand in the pecking order over in China. And so, you know, the racism in China, again, they just came out with a story about uh, how uh, Hollywood has been denying dark-skinned black people opportunities to please the market in China and what China wants. Yeah. And so, you know, American racism compared to the racism black people face in China, where literally, could you imagine, seriously, black people here in America would lose their mind. A black person in China has a hard time uh, getting served at McDonald's in China. If they did, you think there's been rioting, protesting over George Floyd? If we couldn't eat at McDonald's here, (laughs) (laughs) we burn Wendy's down. What we would do to Ronald McDonald's man would make an episode of Oz look like a Disney. (laughs) Disney. (laughs) Yeah, for people that aren't aware, you got many places in China. It is it's a Chinese only, and your black ass is not allowed in. Um, Several places, and and they're very upfront about uh, hating darkies. Um, so there's a, uh, uh, some room for hypocrisy, I guess we can say from Nike, Phil Knight and LeBron and the likes, um, shout to nerd Nash. He said, you got Whitlock salute shout to nerd Nash, long time supporter of the show. Appreciate you, homie. Uh, Chad Lemoyne, did you notice the NFL allowed choreographed celebrations to coincide with kneeling timing five years ago? No, I didn't see that. Um, Damn, I just lost my place here. Joseph Clark, Hotep, and Whitlock, Outkick. Thanks for your voices. Yeah, shout out to Outkick.com. Um, I think Jason Whitlock's very intelligent for building his own platform. That's a great idea. Uh, Rights to Ride, I'm an enrolled Native American, uh, real kind, not the Elizabeth Warren kind. Uh, what is both your opinion of the 1619 program and how that eliminates Native American heritage? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Crow Philosopher, ask Jason... Uh, if he's thought up any more about uh, Clay Travis's Malcolm X question, it was a four minute discussion they had that could have been longer. You want to talk on that? Uh, tell me that again. Clay Travis Malcolm X question. 
Clay Travis had a Malcolm X question. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Um, we'll just go to the next one. Cornelius Edwards, ten dollars super chat. Thank you, bro. Uh, Christine, Otep, I'm losing you a little bit. I'm all right, no worries. Yeah, I'm. Sure a, um, your voice seems lower. All right, I'm gonna uh, finish these super chats and we'll get right back. Uh, Matthew Bird, four ninety nine. Thank you, B Weezy Bird, one ninety nine. Uh, would you rather debate Jamel, LeBron, or Cap? Would I rather <laughs> Jamel Hill wants no parts of debating me? And I, I, I don't know if I'd want to debate Jamel Hill because I don't, I don't, I think beating up a baby seal, or, or she's way outside my intellectual weight class. Oh. that's a lightweight. I'm a heavyweight in every sense of the word. Mm. And uh, you know, I try to pick fair fights, and Jamel Hill's a. a you know, a Twitter apparatus or a Twitter journalist. If you can, and you can't do journalism over Twitter, uh, you know. Trust me, if if you're capable of doing more than just saying white people are racist, you do that. Mm. <laughs> but if you're not capable of more than doing that, you just tweet out that white people are racist and call. Look, I'm speaking truth to power over Twitter. Is that so? That's what's because I was wondering, like, what's going on with Jamel Hill? Like, you know, she's riding around in a nice car, she had a good job, she lost that brother, his job, Sam Smith, yeah, Michael Smith. Yeah, no one talks about that, how she destroyed his career, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she destroyed that black man's career because she wanted to be selfish. But I'm trying to figure out, like, like what's her angle? Like, and but you've, I think you've made that clear, she just there, isn't capable. There you go, and when when you've been allegedly at the journalism thing as long as she has and no one can cite any journalistic work that you've done that mm. didn't include some gaffe of you know making some kind of hitler reference or whatever uh you know and so she was a good podcaster her and michael smith and then they got <clears throat> promoted past their level of of effectiveness and and then result when it failed just call everybody racist on your way out the door and then you just settle into calling everybody racist over twitter that's the way you build a twitter following look sean king's done it mm. and a lot of people have done it you just keep your feed pop and that kind of stuff gets retweeted and liked the, there's a lot of you shout racism the more Twitter gasses you up, it amplifies your voice. Uh, but trust, if you're capable of doing more, you do more. You know, it, it, it's like if if I was capable of dating Cameron Hall, that's who I would be dating. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I'm I'm not, so I settle for less. <laughs> <laughs> That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and just and just lean off of her because you know we shouldn't expect much there. Super Sean ninety five, thank you. Uh, he said you've been a personal hero of mine, Jason. Speak for yourself is a is is missing you. Um, uh, I back much of what you're saying and believe we need more introspection instead of reaction. We need to think. Uh, somebody just uh, who is his deference uh, said China. Uh, Victor of Life, what up, homie? He says, shout out to Jason and the Hotep Nation. Y'all to Saves. Natasha K. Lane, long time supporter of the show. Thank you, girl. 
Def Jewels, crazy because they worship black Buddha statues. Yeah, they do. Uh, John Lemley, uh, 250. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Lemley. Uh, he said, good evening, Mike uh, Cleveland. He said, what player should be the voice of the NBA, if not LeBron? I say uh, Kyrie. Whoo, that's a curveball. Yeah. Why, why you say Kyrie? Because that's a real nigga. <laughs> I mean, prior to these, first of all, like, he was the first one I want to say that was like, yo, I'm not afraid to sit, right? And then these cats wanted to sit that one game, which I thought was stupid because they're going to play again the next day or whatever. But I always – Kyrie's hotep is short to me, you know, just to you be sure. So? He's very hotep. He got the onk on his shoes. Oh, I, I mean, the third, the third eye on his shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say the onk too, yeah. So I, I would say this. I, I really believe this. LeBron should be the voice of the NBA. He's the best player. Uh, he's charismatic, but you know he's he's. And so I, I don't really think that's. I'm I'm dodging the guy's question because he really means it differently. And say so who would be a better voice for the NBA mm-hmm. than LeBron James? And I guess I would lean. I'll stick to the same team as you. I would say Kevin Garnett, and. And and it's not because I think everything Kevin Garnett says is right, but I just think Kevin Garnett is one of the most authentic, super high-profile athletes that we've ever seen. Right. He he again his insecurities he lays out there, the fact that he beefs with people, came up with a burner account, he you know all, all of that. Kevin Garnett is off. Uh, Kevin Durant is authentic, whether you like him or not. Oh, Durant. Okay. Kevin Durant. That's did I say Kevin Garnett originally? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Kevin Durant. Brooklyn okay. Net. Kevin Durant. He's very authentic, and so uh, that and and you know now that I think about when I think about authenticity, the real voice of the NBA is still Charles Barkley, and it's because of his authenticity. But I'm sure this guy's talking about active players. And so I would say Kevin Durant, uh, or, or you know, if you wanted to go wholesome, uh, you know, Steph Curry. Yeah, he comes, yeah. He comes from an NBA family. Dad hadn't played in the NBA. You know, his brothers in the NBA. Uh, that, he got that good, that good light skin. His his mom is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Hell of a spokesman for the. Uh, <laughs> 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 I could agree with those. I could totally agree with those. Um, Matthew Bird said, "Hotel Jesus, teach Whit- Whitlock the phrase shine." I know he, he, you know, you know that that phrase shine. I do not. Nah, uh-uh. it's a phrase Uncle Hotep has made popular. You know, basically these uh, black liberals or ignorant blacks calls them shines, um, like the moon shine. S-H-I-N-E? Yeah. Oh, shine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Valle said, Jason in the best is the best in the business. He helps me understand the gaps and where they are to fill so we can move forward. Uh, God bless you both. And let's get it done with love. Last one. Uh, Clint Griffin, Spencer Dinwiddie. He's woke on the Fed. Oh, um, let's talk. Ron. I don't like Ron. I- I've never really liked Ron. Um, is he really reading Malcolm X, or is that just a stunt? Hell no, he ain't reading Malcolm X. Yeah, I mean, you heard his answer. <laughs> he ain't even making past page one. Uh, listen, 
this is, I, I've said this and I want to know your reaction. I don't know if you've ever seen me publicly, but I've said it several times. I said it on my TV show. I've, I've written about it. LeBron James is black Donald Trump mm. all the way. And mm. they, they're not that articulate. They're addicted to social media. Uh, they're very narcissistic. Uh, and they're very pampered, spoiled, and entitled. Mm. And so when it comes to LeBron, when I say that, people go, what do you mean? LeBron from the kettle. His mama. His mama. He didn't understand. And I'm like, well, hold on, man. First of all, because I grew up poor, but I don't remember being poor as a kid. Mm. Because as a kid, you're just out having fun and eating the sugar sandwich on white bread tastes real good. And it, it's you're not sitting there like, man, I'm poor and I'm eating a butter and sugar sandwich. You're not thinking that way as a kid. You're just thinking, I'm eating something. Now I can go outside and play. We can play high and go get it. We can, you know, whatever. <laughs> we can go out here and do it. And so by the time LeBron got to age 10, 11 years old, everybody knew at that point, like, holy cow, mm. this dude's going to be worth a lot of money if we can just get him to age 18. Mm. Just get him to the NBA. We all going to make a mint. And so at age 10 or 11, grown men throughout Ohio and then eventually throughout the country started like, what can we do to help LeBron make it to age 18? Mm. And so they started shipping help and taking an interest and catering to LeBron James. And every year he got older, the catering and the butt kissing got more and more pronounced. Because by the time he was 14, everybody knew it. Not, not, not just like, oh, man, we might make $5 million off this. People start, oh, man, I can make a lifetime of wealth. Nike knew. Every shoe company knew. The next one is coming, LeBron James. This dude has had his ass kissed since about age 10 or 11. Mm. He's now 35. That's 25 years of straight ass kissing. He's as spoiled and as entitled as any kid born in the millions the way Donald Trump was. He don't remember what it's like to be poor. Trust me. He do I don't remember. And I me and when I was a senior in high school, me and my father lived in a one bedroom, 400 square foot apartment in the hood. I don't remember it. Uh, I had a great senior year. We won the state championship. I was the most popular kid in school. I was poor as shit. Poor sleeping on a couch every night. Uh I don't remember it. Because I'm, you know, I'm 53 now. I don't remember a lot of stuff, but <laughs> but yeah. mostly what I remember is since about age 27, since age 27, so half of my life, I've made a lot of money, and most people, I made more money than my parents ever made in their life since I was about age 27, mm. and that's what I remember: what it's like to be real comfortable and to be able to just. Oh, I want that. Let me get. That's what I remember. I don't remember eating sugar sandwiches. Uh, and so, LeBron James is Donald Trump. I call him Black Trump. Oh. And if you evaluate him through those, it all makes sense. Uh, all right. So let me. Can I evaluate his play really fast? First of all, I think he's a horrible teammate. Right. A horrible teammate. A horrible teammate. Yeah, I said it. When he had when he had Kyrie on his team, what business he got bringing up the ball? Why is he always trying to play the point guard? 
when he got point guards on his team? Why is he always trying to be the one bring the ball up the court? Because he's he's better a point guard than Kyrie. <laughs> you really think that? You think he's going to make better decisions than Kyrie? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You might be right. You might be yeah. right. Um, now, the other thing about his play is I feel like he's pacing himself to have that long career, right? Like, which is smart, yes. Because when Derrick Rose first came in the league, people were, you know, everybody was hyped up about Derrick Rose. I'm like, that dude going to last about five years in this league, and he's going to be done. He's going to blow his knee out or something. And sure enough, a few years later, he blew his knee out. And at the time, people were like, why are you saying that? I'm like, look at the way he's playing. Like, he going all out every single play. LeBron's pacing himself to have a long career. He's not going to be – it's very smart. He's not diving for every single ball. So with that being said, I think what he's trying to do is – with this whole political thing is posture himself for life after the NBA. Right. Yeah. What do you think that looks like for LeBron James life after the NBA? Is he still political, Brian, or is he at ESPN or what is he doing? Nah, he ain't at ESPN. I don't think, I think he's, uh, I think I really believe this and I'm not joking. LeBron wants to run for president. Again, I'm calling Black Trump. His ego's out of control, and he couldn't he couldn't tell you where South Dakota is on the map. Probably couldn't tell you where Illinois is on the map. And he grew up in Ohio, <laughs> uh, but he thinks he could be president. And uh, you know, he he and and look, a lot of Kanye thinks he should be president. So mm. uh, we live in a society now where the Celebrity worship is so strong, but you know, I, I think LeBron sees himself as he's going to get inducted into the uh, Hollywood cult, and that's what he's going through right now—the initiation into the Hollywood cult. You know, whatever he's going to become one of the highest Masons uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the world, Uh-oh. high-ranking Mason. Uh-oh. And we'll try to be a puppet master uh, in in the Hollywood cult scene and a, a puppet master in pop culture. So he's putting out these terrible TV shows and terrible Hollywood projects that everybody celebrates like they're good. They're <laughs> terrible. But when you're in the cult, when you're in the clique, it doesn't the quality of work doesn't matter. It's, you know, have you been initiated? Have you, you know been initiated in all the little secret society shit. Mm. So all this stunt work right now is just posturing to be, I guess, king of the Negro Wranglers post NBA. King Negro Wrangler. That that title <laughs> 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 rim. King Wranglers, what we'll be calling him. Uh yeah, I think I you know, because it's interesting. Have you noticed, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe your listeners out there know, but you know, it seemed like he and Jay Z used to be really tight. And now I think they're in competition with each other and because you, you don't see the connection as strong. And so, yeah, he's wrestling with and that's why he's out here on the political thing so hard. You know, uh, he's wrestling with Jay-Z to be the head of the Negro Wranglers. Remember, remember Russell Simmons, you know, remember he had that title for a while. Yeah. And then they me to him and got him up out of here. Right. Uh, and, you know, he basically said, let me get out of here, man. They, they got other Negro Wranglers. They want to put it 
just don't put me in jail next to Harvey Weinstein. Well, he left the country, did he? I mean, he got yeah. the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and LeBron and Jay-Z and them should see that as a warning sign. Because because what it tells you is like, when you can no longer Negro wrangle, mm. uh, you might get a sale next to Cosby. Mm. <laughs> oh. You might get... You might be bunk mates with R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly was going like, man, all the shit Elvis did, and they got me locked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, wrangler's a dangerous profession, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just kind of refined uh, some things I've had because I said before I'm like at the end of a black black man's career is a rape charge, a Me Too movement. <laughs> but really, what it is at the end of a black wrangler's career. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about the relationship between Jay-Z and LeBron, right? Because LeBron's still Rock Nation, right? Technically. No, LeBron ain't Rock Nation. He was never signed to them under management? No. LeBron, okay. LeBron started his own thing. Okay. Rick Paul is the oh, head yes. of the agency and all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I guess, so. all right, so him and Jay-Z were friends, and now it seems like they are, they're not playing... Some distance, you know. I'm sure they would still claim to be friends, but it just seemed like. Remember when I remember when uh, Drake came on LeBron's garbage HBO show, The Shop. Yeah, I remember Drake was sitting there like a little boy. Remember LeBron? I came to you and asked for your permission. What should I do, King J? Trust me, uh, Jay Z and what's the dude? Is it Baby with Cash Money? Yeah, yeah. They were sort of like, Trey, what the hell are you doing up there, kissing LeBron's ass like he's the the dude from Cash Money, baby, or or, or like he's Jay Z? That was a little signal of of LeBron was flexing his muscles, and it's it's not he's the Godfather. He, he that was to me a statement like I'm the Negro Wrangler. Uh-huh. Uh, I just made Drake grab my belt loop. You know how they make you grab a belt loop in jail. They made, they made Drake grab LeBron's belt loop <laughs> and took him from baby. And it, <laughs> and I'm t- there's a lot more truth than what I'm saying here that I can't go into because I want to. I don't want to shock the mainstream. They're gonna call us the Black Info Wars if I really <laughs> <laughs> go everywhere. But trust me, I know what they're doing. That's mm. why they can't stand me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, I thought it was divide and conquer. I thought like Jay Z, look, I'm gonna go over here and conquer the NFL. LeBron, you take the NBA, and then that's why their tactics were kind of different. But you're saying it might be competition, man. It's, it's, it's competition. It's Django Unchained right now with you know <laughs> they got that they 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 fighting right now. Who's gonna be the Negro Wrangler? I could I could definitely understand that. Uh, let's talk about Rooney Rule, Steve Nash, and then some other things before we. Oh, okay, yeah, I gotta go. It's seven oh nine. I got. I get. We can get one more question in. All right, one more question. Uh, uh, no, it's all good. Um, being black and broadcasting is it as racist as they make it seem? It's the struggle. Is it real? Look, I don't. In the history of the world, there's always been unfairness. And unfairness comes in all shapes, sizes, colors. And so 
unfairness is a word that I, I like to use. And racism is just a form of unfairness. Mm. And so you're never going to eliminate unfairness until mm. the most high returns and we all come under his direct rulership. Mm. Right now it's a voluntary program <laughs> and very few people have volunteered. So there's a lot of unfairness in the world. Mm. And so in every arena, there's unfairness, whether you're black, white, green, yellow, whatever. And so if you want less unfairness to impact black people, if you want racial, less racial unfairness, as black people, what Hotep is doing by building his own, by starting his own business, and by being his own boss, that's how you eliminate unfairness. That's why I made the move to OutKick and ownership and will continue down this path of ownership and power. That's how you eliminate unfairness. And mm -hmm. so uh, in the broad, I, I would say there's unfairness in every profession. I would say uh, we experience a little more unfairness than others because we refuse to man up and build our own and be bosses ourselves. Uh. As long as you're on your knees uh, begging, you're gonna experience some unfairness. Uh, uh. And that, stop the begging, build uh. your own. Uh. Every black man should be out here trying to be an entrepreneur and build his own platform, his own way of self-sufficiency. That's how you end unfairness. Uh, I love it. Racism is unfairness. Um, Trump, Trump, Trump versus Biden. Uh, Tyson versus uh, 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 Roy Jones. Real quick, Trump, who you got? Trump or Biden? I think that Black Lives Matters is delivering the election to Trump. I, I think every time you see a Black Lives Matter video, there's probably ten Trump voters created for every video created. So. I think they're delivering that. Uh, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. <laughs> I guess I would go with Tyson, but they both crazy. Why you laugh like that? Because it's crazy, man. They both old. They need to leave it alone. But <laughs> I'll probably, like everybody else, I'll watch just for shits and giggles. All right. I'm going to watch, too. I'm definitely going to be tuned in. Jason, appreciate you for the conversation today. Very powerful words. Thank you very much for your time, man. Tell me that I just want to make sure I haven't let you down. Is you normally do about an hour interview? No, nah, my interviews go long. I usually do two, th three hours. Oh my God. So I am letting you down. No, you're not. We're going to come back and do round two. Let's do that then. I'm going to wait for something else. We're going to, yeah, bring you back for round two. All right. Appreciate All right. it. Appreciate you. Yep. People, that was Jason Whitlock, part one. It's a lot I wanted to talk to him about. A lot I wanted to discuss that we didn't get into. We'll get into it on part two. Shout out to Sketch Therapy and Raider holding me down in the chat as always. 700 plus people in the room. Before you leave, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. I'm going to finish off these uh, super chats. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, no, no. Jay Wells, he said, uh, what Whitlock think about Larry Johnson Twitter? That would have been a good question. Um, Power Gray, here we go. Talking at talk. Uh, Lemley, what up? He said, uh, Jimmy Butler is far better leader and teammate than LeBron, but somehow gets way worse reputation in the press. Mm. 
Vado, what up? He said, I feel left out. I'm going to start Hispanic Lives Matter for Kyle. <laughs> Sir Bubba Hotep, appreciate you, homie. He said, uh, shout out to Jason Whitlock. Uh, thank you for being an excellent journalist. Hotep Jesus, thank you for continuing to put out great content. Appreciate you. Peace and love to all of the uh, Hotep Nation. Appreciate HJ introducing us to Jason Whitlock <laughs> as if I'm introducing him. I think he's more like he's introducing me to his, his crowd. Um, as a young dude, it's hard to find these type of strong personalities. Definitely following Mr. Whitlock says, uh, uh, thank you, Sketch. Um, but again, this has been another um, uncomfortable conversation. Uh, subscribe at uh, soundcloud.com slash hotep jesus um to get audio versions of all of my interviews thank you for watching once again hit like hit subscribe we'll be back next week with my relationship show on wednesdays 9 30 p.m with wendy yo the crypto specialist thank you true offense appreciate you um thursdays as everybody know hotel's been told you our premiere show on this channel uh, with Uncle Hotep, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then next week, I'll have another great guest on at 7 p.m. Friday for another uncomfortable conversation. We're going to get real, real Hotep next week. So I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all be safe and uh, stay Hotep.